Hello dear listeners, I'm Dennis and this is Shiv Valley, a show about Sheffield startups where I talk with Sheffield's most exciting founders of startups that are growing currently or maybe have already grown to a stable phase. I also talk with people from different incubators, accelerators, startup programs. Today I'm talking with Lahari, who is an enterprise manager at the University of Sheffield. Lahari was really interesting to talk with. She is quite philosophical and I think our conversation was really nice. And the pre-incubator project we're talking about in the podcast sounds like a really interesting project which I will follow. So please enjoy the show and stay for the outro because I have something that I want to tell you. So today I'm here with Lahari from University of Sheffield, enterprise manager there. Hi Lahari, how are you today? Hi Dennis, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, feeling really good and uh, looking forward to learning more about the programs that University of Sheffield organizes in terms of entrepreneurship. Thank you and looking forward to share it as well. Right, so let's start with the first question. I just want to learn a little bit more about you and uh, what you've done uh, before you became enterprise manager at Uni of Sheffield. I was working with startups and entrepreneurs before my current role as well. I was working for a program called Social Enterprise Exchange and leading the accelerate part of the program, working with social entrepreneurs and getting their organization started. So that was work life and uh, if, if you're interested more in general about what I was doing before this role um, before all the pandemic pretty much my current role lined up with the pandemic and everything else so yeah getting out and about more living life I guess. And could you tell us more about your role as enterprise manager? Yes this is a kind of an unusual role to be called enterprise manager in, in the sense Um, I can give you a bit of background. So in the University of Sheffield, there used to be an an old uh, service called the University of Sheffield Enterprise that used to support entrepreneurs and and startup businesses, more so students and graduates. It was well before my time there, there was a strategic decision that took place to shut down the service about, I think, three years before I joined. Uh, And then there was a review that happened before I joined and, and a bit of a hiatus for entrepreneurship. Uh, support in the in the university and then the the review came out with list of recommendations of what could a new service of entrepreneurship look like for a university of our scale and stature and uh, I was the first person to actively look at that list and and, uh, employed to build a new service so what I've been doing since I've joined is a work with a small team and look at different programs and creating more engagement and bring out few initiatives. And yeah, we're building from scratch. We're working like a startup ourselves. So that's why I said it, it's, an, it's an unusual title to be called manager. But yeah, in, in, in a natural sense, I'm considering myself as an entrepreneur within the university trying to build a new service from scratch. It sounds like a really nice buzz having a small team working on that, working on that project. You stepped into your role in January 2020, as I saw on your on your LinkedIn profile. Obviously, just two months after that, the COVID pandemic hit. Did that change anything in terms of, I mean, it surely did. And I guess the question is more, how did it change it? And what were your expectations that weren't fulfilled? And so is there anything that didn't happen because of the pandemic that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so I, I joined in middle of January. So before even the pandemic fully affected in the UK with the pandemic, uh, with the lockdown, etc. 
universities were going through strikes. So there were strikes that happened in February. So I was kind of hit with both strikes and pandemic in, in the year. And uh, joining as a new, mem new member of staff into the university while uh, and getting used to the induction and, and what is going on in the university. It was a very interesting time in, in that sense. But even so, even since day one, um, we were planning to roll out a program at the time uh, to generate ideas based on real world challenges. And we created a challenger program called Enterprise Sustainability Program with the sustainability on campus being the challenge that we wanted to bring to the students, staff and graduates to uh, and take them through a series of uh, pro workshops and, and uh, talks and sessions for them to come up with ideas and work on them to pitch. So the, the program was supposed to start literally the day after UK went into lockdown. So we had less than 24 hours to think about whether we can carry on the program. It, we, we weren't fully uh, ready to go into an online world because we had less than 24 hours. The systems weren't set up. We we weren't prepared. So we had to um, not go ahead with the program. It was a really yeah disappointing thing to do at the time because we had 41 entrepreneurs ready to go on this journey with us and they, they signed up to the program and we were ready to go. But yeah, that was uh, disappointing, but came, came with it new opportunities and yeah, we're, we're much stronger now. We're much uh, wider and we engaged a lot more audience over the last few months. And can you tell me a, bit, a little bit more about the project that uh, I think just started yes, yesterday? I think you announced it on LinkedIn. So if you could just share more about it. Yeah, so it, I'll, I'll give you a bit of background about how, how we came to, came to the new program. So the, the program that you're referring to is, is Pre-Accelerator, which is the first ever Pre-Accelerator designed and, and launched for the university here. And so over, over the past year, after the, the, the sustainability program had to be cancelled, we, we thought about how else can we make that happen in a virtual world. And we ran a, a summer grant program in the summer where we could support small ideas through seed funding we distributed 25 grand to 25 different ideas through that and uh, we, we ran some workshops to support students on a business startup and business planning cash flow etc etc and we, we kept running a few events here and there to create engagement and what was evident throughout was some of the ideas needed a lot more intense support and a lot more mindset shifting and challenging support that entrepreneurs and startups need. So we originally thought of launching an accelerator and we did consultation and research with lots of stakeholders and entrepreneurs. But through the consultations, what we realized was we needed a stepping stone before an accelerator program. So a pre-accelerator was something that, that would meet the needs of our audience. So that's how the idea for pre-accelerator came about. And that's where we partnered with um, our delivery partners, uh, 3B Impact, who were also involved in the research consultation design phase. And we've been working on this program for uh, nearly nine months now. And we launched the program for applications just before Christmas. But day before yesterday, we inducted the first cohort uh, we selected 20 up to 20 teams 
in, into the three-month program. That's yeah. That's the official session is kicking off Wednesday, but we've just inducted um, on Wednesday. So yeah, we're very excited. And even in the virtual environment, when we did the induction session, everyone was buzzing about it. People were excited, motivated, and yeah, they were just raring to go. And I think that was uh, a reflection of the work that that we did over the past few months in engaging the right facilitators, right mentors, and choosing the right teams. So yeah, it was, it was really nice to see that energy come through. And we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next three months. And and you have a lot of experience in the in the startup world, as you said. Are you going to play more of a mentoring role with, uh, with this pre-accelerator? Are you going to keep a little bit on the sites in your kind of facilitating slash organizational role? Originally, I did think I wanted to play the role of the mentor because I think the, the bit that I enjoy most about the world of entrepreneurship and startups is working with entrepreneurs and working with the individuals. But imagining the work that also undertaking for everything else that's going on, it's yeah. it's not just the pre-accelerator, it's what happens after that, what are the programs do we need to bring? And uh, we're also running like a startup ourselves, thinking about what next, what next. So fortunately, I decided not to take the mentoring role in, in this, but yeah, but coordinate everything that's going on. And we do have really expert mentors on yeah. board who are working with the cohort. So yeah, we have four mentors that will be working with five entrepreneurs each throughout the next three months to help support them and, and get to the next stage. So. Sounds really exciting. I hope that you are going to be posting regularly. Is there any any place online where we can keep track um, or just social media? I'd, I would say for now, my personal social media and my LinkedIn link, and we will be setting up more program-specific information soon, which I'll share with you. Nice. Why is it important for uni- university to be teaching entrepreneurship and to be fueling entrepreneurship among students? Mm, that's a very interesting question because I'll take a step back from just answering about university because for me entrepreneurship, creating business, it's not something that is only reserved for an elite few or a reserved few members of the society, uh, even students in in that sense. For me, it's it's, it's a way of life. How how do you live and how how do you go about um, overcoming challenges? For example, think about the pandemic or think about economic recession in 2008 or whatnot. The, the kind of companies or the individuals that come out at the other end, other end, not just by surviving, but thriving, are the individuals that are enterprising, have a culture of entrepreneurship, whether they're doing jobs or whether they're creating startups, however that might be. So that, that's what's needed for us to progress and advance as, as a population, as, as, as a generation. So if I look at that in the context of my current role in, in the university, we work with the best and the brightest minds, whether it is to with, do with the students, the young talent, or whether it's to do with researchers or academics, some of the best minds are, are in the university. And how, how can we take that knowledge that's created? How can we give the tools to the to these best minds to create impact in real world, to create that transformational change that we need in, in, in the real world 
that's that's why entrepreneurship in the university is really important for me personally and i'm sure most of my colleagues in the higher education sector would agree it, it's not just about uh, a, a certain percentage of the population even among the students that entrepreneurship is relevant for it's for everybody and anybody that is in in that space of creating change and, and making change and creating impact so does that answer your question Yes, I was just going to say that uh, this answers the why, and now we can move to the what. So what do you think that universities should be doing? And also even what are currently universities that you know doing, which you think is the, is the right approach and the right way to support and feel entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, I think what universities should be doing is uh, not limit entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship activities to certain fields or certain sectors and look look everywhere no leave no stone unturned in innovation and entrepreneurship can come from any place and any degree and any department uh, any student in the pre-accelerated program we have staff we have students we have graduates from bachelor's masters phds researchers academics So it, it is truly a culmination of that diverse backgrounds, both cognitively, both, both cognitively and also um, background-wise in terms of what they're studying and, and where they are from. And that's when true innovation and entrepreneurship happens. And that's what I'd, I'd urge more colleagues in the, in the university sector to, to do, is don't reserve it for specific fields or specific sectors. It's, it's not... An isolated environment. We're, we're already in a really good environment to, to foster that cross-sector uh, collaboration or cross-discipline collaboration as, as universities. So we need to do more about it and encourage that a lot more in, in the world of entrepreneurship. And I'm not sure that's being done very widely. So in, in answering to your question of what's not being done, um, again, that's my limited uh, understanding, but that's what I think. What is Uni of Sheffield currently doing apart from obviously the pre-accelerator program that students can 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 get use of? Yeah, uh, we're doing a number of things. As I said, we we're only a year and a bit old team, young team. One of the things that we are doing, which uh, probably isn't on the website yet, will be in the next couple of weeks or so, is um, a sun pit program. So what, what we mean by a sandpit program is it's a very informal way for anybody with an idea to come and get really valuable critical feedback immediately and instantly then and there rather than waiting for a customer survey to be designed, go through three months of research phase. Yes, you probably still have to do that. But what we created is, I think, if, if I remember it right, every Friday or every other Friday, People can hop in, present their ideas, and a panel would ask them really crucial questions and critical questions. So uh, that's a great initiative in my mind because it's it's an informal way uh, to get real feedback, get real validation uh, for ideas in terms of taking them to next step. And it, it's also not just a place for people to get feedback, but also to 
create links and get more support on where to go next steps. So, uh, we've done it a few times now and the feedback from those sessions have been really great in terms of entrepreneurs getting value because when, you, when you're starting out, that, that feedback and sounding board uh, is, is really valuable. So we've created an avenue for that. That's just one. And we also just launching out uh, a, a small sub program for early business startups that probably aren't at the stage to participate in a pre-accelerator that would start in a couple of weeks time where uh, part of our team would take them through more week by week handholding program to support to get them to a stage so they're in a better position to launch their businesses. So yeah, there are multiple initiatives that that um, we are working up that would come out for, over the next few months. What what was the name of the first initiative that you mentioned? Sandpit. I think that's like, really cool. Little Sandpit. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. It's basically a little bit like like a pitch session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but very informal. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's very cool because people always have ideas. I always have ideas. And so I would find it very valuable to be able to very informally without having to have done like loads of research prior to that to just, you know, Teza, because we, we already do that with friends and with, you know, with people around us, people in our social circles. So actually having, and if I understood you correctly, the panel that's going to be discussing this idea with them is going to be of is it just going to be regular students or is it going to be people from the enterprise team? Uh, currently, it's it's uh, part of our team and we, we are asking more students to join. And it, it that's the informal nature of it. As, as we grow this, we would want people from all walks of life to join. So it, it, it really is, is, a, is a, a wider representation. But to get the best value out of the structure, we're keeping it very simple some members from the enterprise team and and some audience as well so yeah with, sorry go on. no no you go on uh, with some experience of entrepreneurship and startup and also some people from general yeah walks all, all walks of life yeah i i really like this i'd love to see this organized for like the whole of sheffield to be fair <laughs> I, mean, I think it'll be great yeah yeah my next question is going to be about something that you already mentioned. So one of the things that you said is that entrepreneurship shouldn't be limited to, to one group of people. And I think that's in 2021. Luckily, it's not even, I think this is the new status quo. I know we, the entrepreneurship is open, is open to everyone. At least I feel it. You see success stories coming from everywhere, from, from different people, from different groups. And it's also with the internet, obviously, uh, you have unlimited uh, access to resources that maybe people didn't have before. You can you can educate yourself in a way that 20 years ago was probably impossible. But my question is about entrepreneurs and future founders and whether you think that there are certain skills uh, or qualities that are necessarily needed for one to be successful. Yeah, that was an interesting question even when I looked at it because um, I... I try to stay away from uh, these three things you must need to have yeah. to, to be an entrepreneur. These seven things you should have. These 10, 10 skills make make a great entrepreneur. Uh, because what what is the reasoning behind those numbers or those skills? But having said that, 
there are some crucial skills that you'd look for in, a, in an entrepreneur in, in being enterprising. I think the fundamental, most important thing that I would say is creativity. And I don't just mean creativity in the sense of artistic in, in a creative sector, but creative in problem solving and creative in overcoming challenges, establishing the right networks and, and being resourceful and over, yeah, overcoming challenges, looking for opportunities. That, it takes a lot of creativity. I think creativity is not as widely understood or widely utilized in the in the sense of entrepreneurship i think more traditionally entrepreneurs are considered as people who can make money or money-minded create create more economic growth and value but i think that's where we need to widen the conversation and the narrative on 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 uh, yes yeah, skills for entrepreneurship so of the many things that i could uh, name creativity i'd say absolutely um is is up on on the on the list I absolutely agree. And actually, I could uh, put a put a quote here from from Elon Musk, obviously a very successful entrepreneur, and someone whose quotes are probably overused. But still, I listened to something from him on YouTube, and I don't necessarily agree or disagree. But he said that uh, there is an quote MBAization of corporations in America, where there's so many people with with MBAs who are doing things in business based on on a benchmark on a framework. That, that limits creativity. And uh, I've read his autobiography, his biography. He didn't, I don't think he did business in, in universities. And he clearly, you know, Tesla and SpaceX progressing, progressing every day. And in terms of, in terms of innovation, they're always on the forefront. So I, I absolutely agree with you that there is a huge difference between being creative, coming up with literally solving problems and just being able to maximize profit in a sense. And let's expand the conversation to Sheffield. You, you work at Uni of Sheffield, which is in our city. And so I'm sure that when, with, the year, with the time passing, and especially when hopefully if, when the pandemic, if the pandemic is over, the community, the startup community will blossom. You're going to meet a lot of people from, from different parts. But I want to ask you at the moment, what do you think is currently lacking from the startup ecosystem that will benefit founders and people who want to build startups? I think Sheffield as a, as a city has a lot going on for it in, in the conversation around startups. I think we've been recognized as, as an attractive city to start up, which I, I, I do partly agree with that. Yes, we're in, uh, th- there is lots of support around for budding entrepreneurs and startups. There is in terms of work-life, maybe not work-life balance, in terms of uh, balance of expendi- expenses if you compare it to cities like London, and the quality of life in Sheffield is much nicer and it's, it's much more attractive in that sense. In terms of the ecosystem itself, I think we are still immature as an ecosystem. Uh, I think there is a lot of potential that uh, needs uncovering in, in terms of fostering innovation and, and having a full infrastructure to support Idea gener- from idea generation all the way to creating impact. For example, we have innovation assets like AMRC and, and Advanced Manufacturing District, part of the University of Sheffield, and we have assets and strengths in healthcare and, and our NHS partners and digital um, ecosystem. We have we have assets there and, and we have strengths there. But in terms of 
unlocking the potential and actually um, creating a, a more vibrant ecosystem i think we are somewhat away uh, far away from that and i'm sure and also been involved in some conversations with our uh, colleagues across the city in different organizations that we all recognize that there is a gap and and uh, we were talking about creating more of a, a vibrant ecosystem so yeah there's a, there's a lot of work to be done in the area what would you say would be the first steps because you say that it, it's quite far away there's there's got to be a there's got to be a start somewhere so what what would you say is something that could be done you know in the next couple of months i, I think we we the people involved in in startup and and entrepreneurship activities are talking about it i think i would say that's the first step is is creating a raising awareness and then creating the dialogue on we need this we need we need the we need to create more of an ecosystem i think anything like this it's realizing that there is a gap or there is a problem is the first step and then getting together to think about how how are we going to solve it is is the next step so we are somewhere between that we realize that there is a gap and and going to now work on how can we actually make this happen so yeah the right key players are coming together in the conversation and what would you give as an as an example of a successful ecosystem obviously you know we have silicon valley but that's that's a, you know everyone everyone knows about it but what would you say is like a city or an or an ecosystem that's that's exemplary that's really doing things well that maybe not many people are aware of it uh, sorry do you mean an example of what we're already doing correctly or uh, are you asking what could in 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 the future if something happens that would be an example of how a successful ecosystem would run. Well, no, I I meant more if you if you currently know about the city or an ecosystem that's currently having like a web running ecosystem but is not very publicly publicly popular because everyone knows about Silicon Valley but there's some really good ecosystems in the whole world that people are not very much aware of them. Yeah, I, I mean I think uh, the other places uh, moving away from Silicon Valley that are doing some interesting things in in the world of entrepreneurship and startups is Denmark. Denmark is doing quite quite cool things and uh, Ireland Ireland is is quite um, uh, high up on the list attractive places for entrepreneurship and and startups. And yes, London too. I think uh, the places like uh, in terms of what what is a right ecosystem is it's having the right people and not just the right people right organizations to meet the needs of the the whole startup journey right from having uh, right entrepreneurs and having the right funding bodies and funding organizations like vcs and angels and having the right support programs and the support structure and incubation spaces uh, accelerator programs programs like that and uh, the innovation spaces the innovation assets and and technological infrastructures that you need to to mobilize some of this so having all of this and and in in one place where having said that reflecting now um in in the middle of a pandemic and they uh, say we're still in the middle of it yeah uh, some people might disagree that we're coming out of it but i think we we are far away from that so the the idea of you need to be in a physical space to create an ecosystem i think is changing and i certainly see that in the pre accelerator program because we partnered with the 
partners from different places. So a part of our 3B team are based in Denmark and, and they're bringing quite useful experience. And part of our team is based in Sheffield and Glasgow. And so we are able to bring in the right experts from wherever they are in the world to mobilize a group of entrepreneurs to be able to get to the next stage. And even in the cohort, due to the pandemic, one reason or another, not all of our cohort is based in Sheffield. There are people in Iran, in Jordan, in China, in Japan, and, and people in the UK in different cities. And they're all able to participate in the program because um, of the online nature of it. So in terms of the ecosystem, I think the, the yeah, the place-based question might be changing as, as we uh, move ahead yeah so you're working with students with with students that want to be entrepreneurs or maybe even are entrepreneurs now if they if they start their own businesses when they come out of university you have you have students that have already built their businesses started to work on them or they build them immediately after university obviously the more the more popular i would say the traditional route is to just just start working for, for a company, would you say that, that there is a better way of forming a, forming the entrepreneur inside of you, whether it's starting the business immediately after university or looking for work experience that's probably going to, to develop you and develop your professional skills? Is there a right answer or does it purely depend on, on everyone? I, I'm going to resort to philosophy while answering this question because I don't think that I don't think there is a right answer. If anybody says there is a right answer, I would uh, definitely challenge them publicly as well because it goes back to my earlier answer about entrepreneurship can come from anywhere. And I truly mean that. And what I mean by that is it's not just for people that graduate or have a certain experience. And I think if you look at uh, data in the UK, an average age of successful entrepreneur is something like 40 Oh, we need okay. to change that. And it, they also, it, it's like people who've been through a certain career path and join corporate and then realize that's not what we want to do and then create startups. But it, it's, what's wrong with that is that limits innovation and entrepreneurship to certain fields and certain opportunities. And ideas and creativity and talent is everywhere. My problem there is we haven't, created infrastructures and, and platforms to unlock that talent and, and create more entrepreneurs at different stages in life. So going back to your question, I don't think there is a better place to start thinking about entrepreneurship. It is when you focus, the right time or the right place starts when you focus on the right problem that you want to solve and that you care deeply enough about it and you keep at it. Having said that, I'm not undermining the practical challenges of you might not have finances or funds to support you while you're still developing an idea, while it still can make your ends meet. So people might um, have this hybrid approach of still working and, and doing a job to make ends meet and developing an idea that whatever works for each individual and everybody's situation is different. So yeah, everybody needs to make decisions better based on their personal circumstances. But in terms of uh, coming up with a successful business idea, whether it's when you're 60 or when you're 40, when you're 18, doesn't really matter. I completely agree with that. And do you have a favorite startup in Sheffield then? 
This is a, that was an interesting question when I looked at it. Not necessarily that they're, they're not right now in Sheffield, but they were one of University of Sheffield alumni. Actually, she came and spoke at our event recently. Mihaela Grua set up research retold. She studied in um, Sheffield quite a few years ago, and her idea was communicating quite complex research outcomes in a very meaningful way that people can use and, and use it to uh, whatever purposes, policy makers, decision makers, etc. So I think what she managed to create uh, is something remarkable. So yeah, definitely um, somebody worth watching and somebody worth supporting. I think I saw the post you shared about about her. If it's if it's, I think you shared it today or maybe yesterday. Yeah, it was this morning. Yes. Yes, this morning. Well, I probably message her if I can get her on the podcast. I would be interested to listen to hear more about what was the name of the startup. Research retold. Yes, I'll be I'll be interested to learn more. Actually, when you say the idea sounds really, really interesting. So definitely, I will mention your name if that's all right. So I can so I can yeah, probably yeah. interest her more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, hopefully she's she has time and available to speak to you. But uh, yeah, she was very inspirational. Uh, she spoke to our cohort on pre-accelerator, and everybody was very inspired and people were so appreciative of her coming sharing and uh, coming and sharing her story yeah somebody that yeah i think will grow to great great places and achieve great things that's great lahari do you want to move to the five questions that i ask all of my guests yeah okay Let's so the first it. one is about a book what is one book that you would recommend to entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs that, that was the most difficult question of all um, if I can say, but because again, I refrain from giving specific advisor telling people, oh, you, you will get all your answers to your problems in this book. But having reflected on it, I'm going to give you a somewhat of a, an unusual suggestion here, no, no, not uh, any business techniques or trips kind of book. Have you come across a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? No. I'll tell you why I chose that book. It's that that's something that I've read a couple of times over the past decade, and it it was uh, written by Viktor Frankl, as I said, a guy who was in concentration camps for uh, three years and survived and came out uh, and actually um, invented logotherapy, who which uh, lays the foundation for uh, most modern day psychological therapy treatments. From from what I can gather. The reason why I think people should read it is it talks about how do you approach life in general in, and, and what's the purpose of it. And I think when I had difficult times throughout my career or life, that was the only book that uh, gave me some comfort in, in readjusting my compass, readjusting my dial. And the author puts it in better words than I do, but I'll, I'll, I'll make an attempt what he says is the purpose of your life is not about going away and and going away on on a mountain journey to find silence or whatnot nothing like that it's the purpose of your life is look at what you have in front of you what the problems that life throws at you and think about how you can overcome them and that's everybody's purpose of life and i think i resonate a lot more with it even in the entrepreneurship context because as an entrepreneur <laughs> you're not short of problems and challenges. They're there every day in and day out. So if you make it your purpose to 
overcoming them on a regular basis and rather than thinking about five years, 10 years, 20 years, look at where you are now, what your problems are and how to overcome them from where you are. I think that's a great philosophy of life. So yeah, a somewhat an unusual suggestion there. It sounds really good though. And to be fair, I think I, I will read that because I love I love books like that. But what I what I've noticed, I read a lot a lot more of them in in high school, and I kind of stopped because of the reason that that you mentioned. I don't like I don't like following a specific thing that would answer all of my questions. But why why pay, pay attention to this book is because if probably there is a person that you that you should listen for a you know purpose of life like, is it from a person that survived a concentration camp you know what i mean because sometimes i find myself struggling with like you know very minor first world situations and so being able to put things into perspective always helps so i think that's a that's a good recommendation post a link for the book in in the episode's notes the second question is usually about the, the startup's name because i usually have founders on the on, on the show Obviously, uh, you didn't come up with the name of University of Sheffield. So the question is a little bit different. It's about for you to tell us one idea you had for a startup you had, and but you didn't try to build. Uh, and to be honest, in terms of making ideas happen, I might sound a bit weird when I say this, but usually if I want to do something, I find a way to do it. It's some way or the other. The only one that I've not actually even tried to make a go at, it, it, it was something silly, not, not something serious. It, if I gave it some serious thought, I probably would have gone and done it. But uh, three years ago, when I decided to go vegan, I was thinking of the challenges of leading a healthy life, being a vegan, and, and in terms of uh, organizing food and how the ordering food and the supermarkets didn't have as much uh, produce as, as they do now. So I was thinking about uh, doing something in that area of uh, making life easier for people who choose to uh, follow a vegan diet. So in terms of, uh, yeah, organizing their food shopping, etc., etc. I didn't do something about it because, yeah, I, I just didn't at the time. But that, that was the only one that I left untried. <laughs> Yeah, I would be surprised if there is something similar if if you yeah. look deeper, you know, because it sounds it sounds like a real problem. I try to I try to eat vegan on a certain days. You know, I I can to be fair, I don't think I can go full vegan, but you know, certain days, certain parts of the day sometimes. But and it's still quite difficult. The, yes, the supermarkets have more more options now, but it's still not. Yeah, it's it's still difficult for for me as a person that usually eats, you know, everything. Yeah, there's a lot more resources now. I probably wouldn't do anything about it now because there are a lot more other people that have done it. And, and yeah, there are solutions there. But as a problem, that was a problem, uh, more active one then. And yeah. The next question is about a place in Sheffield that you would recommend for people to visit. I mean, if, if people aren't familiar with Sheffield, I, I would say go to Peak District. I am a, a massive fan of outdoors and I do a lot of walks and hikes in Peak District. So anywhere in the Peak District would do because it, it's all wonderful. If you're talking about more as a city, I'd say Botanical Gardens. And you can probably see I'm not giving the suggestions of where you go to coffee places or incubators places where you meet other founders and whatnot, because you can get those suggestions anywhere from internet and then go find them. But what I am trying to suggest is as an entrepreneur, 
if you're listening to this podcast look after your health and well-being and um, these are the places that i would go to unwind and relax so yeah shout out to house by the way what's that sorry house in the peak oh yeah love that my favorite my favorite place and very easy to get to because as i'm not a driver and i I get there by the bus it stops right right beside it so fox house is awesome my next question is is about you having 15 minutes with your 20 year old self so if you if you had that chance what would you tell your 15 year old your 20 year old self uh, i was as a 20 year old i was very lot of energy i had a lot of energy and a lot of passion uh, for want of a better word enthusiasm curiosity a lot more frustration and anger with the world and the problems that that there were i think uh, if i had 15 minutes i'd go back and say uh, don't worry it will all make sense you it, it is all all the feelings that you have are valid all this frustration is valid you try and whatever i was doing at the at the time then are the foundations of my current experience and what i am able to do now so i wouldn't change a thing because uh, whatever i did back then was very valuable in in shaping me who i am and and giving me the right skills that i needed to for today so just hang in there and yeah don't ever uh, dim your voice or, yeah don't, don't ever let the world tell you otherwise and my final question for you is about one big hairy and audacious goal for your team and for, and for you as an enterprise manager at Union of Sheffield again i don't have specific hardened goals like i i also don't do the new year resolutions i what i do have is intentions i want to do this and i'll try and do this so if i can move away from saying it as a goal what i would like for myself and and my team is create a culture that fosters innovation and entrepreneurship and that people are comfortable and feel safe to express their ideas and things bounce off each other and and you create valuable worthwhile things whether that's through startups whether that's through projects or collaborations and working on things so in terms of yeah you can frame that as a goal i guess i think it, it creating a safe environment that fosters collaboration enables creativity and yeah helps people thrive and and help them reach their potential that that would be my goal i guess if i can say that of course yeah, well lakari that was the last question thank you very much for your time thank you it's been a pleasure thank you dennis and good luck with your future podcast thank you good luck to you and your roles enterprise manager and to all the startups in the pre accelerator thank you thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed my conversation with lahari subscribe and follow me on twitter link in the episode notes this week i will do my first giveaway i decided to give out two books that have been recommended by my guests you can win the books for you and a friend all you have to do is tag someone else someone else on the post that i will write on twitter and linkedin and write which is the book that you would want then they have to write which one as well Remember it must be books that guests have recommended as my idea is to give away these two books to people that actually have listened to the podcast 
Chief Valley is supported by Sheffield Technology Park. Thank you and have a good day.